Hello everyone and welcome to the debug log episode 47. This is the most special episode for me because I share with you my journey through the development process of The Hangman, my very first game as an independent game developer. Which is not my first game, just being clear. Today we go into why I chose to make this game, the evolution in its look and scope, the monetization strategy that I used and much more. But before I finish this intro, I want to thank all of you who downloaded the game already and reviewed it on Google Play. It really means a lot to me, guys. Thank you, thank you very much. And before I get weird, let's continue with the show. So, if you want to know how I made the hangman, keep listening to the debug log episode 47. Uh, today we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was about to say. Dump on your memory right there. No, once you get used to talking without thinking, sometimes it bites me out. You're listening to the Debug Log, the podcast about game development. My name is Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. My name's Andrew Curry. My name's Albino Parra. My name is Zach Schneider. And I'm Ryan Kilgore. So, hello everyone. And today's episode... Oh, first, Albino, do you want to um, talk about iTunes? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well, first off, I just want to keep encouraging guys to uh, write us reviews on iTunes because... For one, they they really help, and for another reason, reading these are kind of hilarious, and it's really helpful and funny. So, uh, oh, first, uh, a shout out to uh, just James James uh, that called me out on Twitter for mispronouncing his uh, his iTunes name. So, James, did sorry, did you get about it right this time? Uh, I mean, he did like the phonetical spelling James, <laughs> but yeah, James. Anyway, uh, so let me read our our brand new uh, review that just came in uh, from. Uh, Apple ID, very distraught, which <laughs> is kind of depressing. Uh, but the title is Best Game Dev Podcast. He gave us, uh, he or she gave us five stars and says, This is hands down the best game developer podcast that I've found. And the guys on the podcast do a really, really good job. Love listening to every episode. And that is so pleasant so thanks a lot very distraught uh we yeah, really, really appreciate the them. emphasis you put on really you, really yeah really i mean he really it was yeah. all yeah. caps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so really appreciate that and keep those uh keep those reviews coming really really <laughs> really really <laughs> yeah. cool. give it back yeah i love i love those um i i really really love those reviews <laughs> <laughs> so okay anyways going um back to the to the topic so this episode, um, you know that I like to start with the why question. Well, why are we making this episode? And it's because by the time that you listen um, this episode, The Hangman, the game that um, I was developing, is going to be in Google Play. So this is part of the marketing campaign. Um, and I also want to share with you like everything about the uh, development process all the struggles, what parts did I like, um, what could go right and what did um, not that well, all the monetization strategies, the marketing, the polishing, so everything. Um, so, yeah, there's anything before I start that um, do you want to know, guys? Oh, before, sorry, sorry. 
for the people that don't know um, about the hangman, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that everybody that listens to the podcast have played that game, but just in case, it's a um, like casual game where you have to guess a word and you have a, a keyboard available. Uh, it's just that. So I just have to guess the word. And you somebody have around, dies. Yeah. You leave yeah, somebody after, tries. After your friend dies. <laughs> that's, a, that's an important bit. Yeah. <laughs> Death by hanging. <laughs> Wait, so is your game called The Hangman? Yeah, because it's the definitive one. Are you saying yeah. that? <laughs> that's how the hell did man. you get that really name? Like yeah. <laughs> that's really good. That's so adorable. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The podcast out. about game development. I heard yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny. All right, sorry. Sorry for what? <laughs> <laughs> just telling the truth. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. I have a question. You're going to get into the research part of this, like your research and how you picked it. Um, how long before you start like going into that process? How? I mean, is this something since you first started? But how long have you known? I mean, because you can research and want to make a game, but how long you said I have to do this and I'm going to start this process? Well, when was that, the beginning of that? That was um like really quick. I, I in in I think two or three days uh, I was thinking about making a game and I decided okay I'm going to make uh, a hangman game. That wasn't difficult. The the long part was the development process okay. because I stopped a lot and um, I continued. It was in general like in real time it was around a year. Because I had to stop for school, then I went back to the game. I stopped the game and continue, but yeah, finally I, I got it. Gotcha. Actually, as a tag along to or submit to Andrew's question, um, like when you're deciding about the game that you wanted to create and doing that research process, like what led you to like focusing on the Hangman versus like doing maybe a Pac-Man clone or a Flappy Bird clone or doing something, you know, some other idea. Uh, that wasn't the hangman. Like, why did you choose the hangman, and why did you choose mobile? Yeah. Um. Well, mobile was because I wanted a game that could be available for uh, a massive audience. So my the answer to that was mobile. Everybody has a, a smartphone now. So I said, okay, it's gonna be mobile, and uh, it, I wanted for Android and iOS. Right now, it's not available for iOS, but it will be soon. So I said, okay, so it's for mobile. Now, what game do you want to make? And um, I wanted to make a casual game that didn't take me that long. <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. but did you make it? You started off because I know you you set your goals, just like we talked about in our uh, strategic scope episode. <laughs> Whatever. Did you set goals and just say, I want to learn, I want to just learn the whole process, and that's the point of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole process of this game was to learn all, all the steps of the game development process with um, all the new services that other games uses. Like Google Play services, uh, like how's the releasing process in iOS and, and Google Play, and uh, also adding advertisings, um, Unity Analytics, all that. So, because the games that I have worked with are just for um, for other clients and they don't have these type of services, I want yeah, to make one that includes all that. 
That's a good point too. This is, it's misleading a little bit. This is like making your first game by yourself because you've made you're not new to this. You've actually made a bunch of projects <laughs> and games and stuff. But this is like the one you took on by yourself as you in charge, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I said okay, a casual game, and I started looking in um, in Google Play to some casual games and uh, to see to research the competition. You know. So, and I saw The Hangman, I, I love that game. And I realized then, most of the games, most of the hang, Hangman games in Google Play and the App Store don't have that good quality or are not as polished as um, like other games like um, Candy Crush. That you really can tell that they have bright colors and they're really polished. I say, okay, it's like... Um, these games are made for um, beginners or for someone that is trying to do something and they just release it. Maybe I'm wrong. This is the same impression that I have. Or some of them are made in um, Xcode. They look more like an app than an actual game. So I said, okay, with um, my knowledge and the the designer that I have, um, well, that is working with me, um, she's, her name is um, Diana Petrova. She's been on the show before, in our Unite episode. Yeah, she's oh, like yeah. an awesome designer. She's really good. And I say, okay, I can take this Hangman idea and make like the best execution in Google Play right now. And I say, okay, let's stick to that idea. Let's make the best we can. I'll make it like a game instead of an app and uh, give it a different touch. So that what makes it different from the other ones is I say, okay, many games have different uh, languages for for the that you can play the game, but none of them have three languages at the same time. So I say, you're going to pick English or Spanish or French to guess the word, and when you guess it or you fail, I'm going to show you the translation of that word in those three languages. So it's like a deductive game. So you learn something while you're having fun. Uh, I love that take in, in casual games. So uh, you don't feel that good like, oh, I'm losing, I'm wasting my time. Like, no, that's actual uh, learning something in, in the meantime. Um, so I went with the Polish in the, in the design part, the three different languages. And also, I want to have different game modes, like with time. Um, there's one challenge where you can the, the keyboard is shifted, so you have to uh, find the offset of the keyboard and then find the word. And there are some um, other challenges where you press a letter, and if it's wrong, you lose um, two opportunities or three. It increases. It has 36 different um, game modes. So I make combinations of all that. Um, so with those three elements, I said, okay, I have a a new Hangman game. There is original. It's going to be well executed. I think um, I have the game that I want to make. Mm. Fancy. Did you say 36, by the way? Yeah. Lord have mercy. 
<laughs> that's crazy yeah it's cool that you like took you know yeah when i look at games and like you said the different languages i usually just look at it like as far as like you know just localization of the app like where it's just taking on a different skin or a different uh language but you're like including all three languages at the same time in a single play session or you can't have it at the single play session or at least have that flexibility which is really cool and that's something i don't really see um you know, besides something like Duolingo or something that's really just out there to teach you something. So this is like, yeah, you get the best of both worlds with, you know, the fun gameplay, classic game um, with addition of having that learning component, which is really cool. Yeah, so... Well, that's actually a really good tip, too, for people that are starting with their first game is doing what he did. And I even did that. My thing's like a helicopter. It's picking a game type or design that's already familiar with you instead of trying to make the most <laughs> original thing, you know? If you're just really having trouble getting a project done to say, hey, what if I did this and changed it and made, you know, polished it up and made it my own unique take on it? That's actually a good way to get more practice in that shipping's a product than actually just talking about it for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is fun about this is that uh, actually the game had a lot of evolved in the, in the way it looks like it has several stages at the beginning before I started working with Tiana. Um, I did everything by myself, including the design, which was awful. I was like, okay, <laughs> I want to make the hangman like you're playing it in a paper. So I found a old paper background. I said, okay, boom, you're there. I like that. And uh, then I started drawing the different parts of the stigman and the... Uh, um, border of the buttons and all that ah, I did the best I could not good enough so then I talked to Diana um, at work and um, I asked for help she did like the coolest stigma and the uh, border of the buttons in what 30 seconds I was like ah, <laughs> damn <laughs> of course she was using Illustrator and Photoshop and all that and I didn't know anything about that I was using um in that time, what was it? Inkscape, I think, and Paint sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you're gonna say oh. it. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Don't mention and that program like, again. Love. But um, then favorite. we started working together, and well, when I saw how how good she is, I said, okay, Diana, do you want to work in this with me? Not just help me like to make this thing, man. Like, really work with me in this project, team, uh, team up, and uh, have a really cool game. He was like, yeah, I like that. And um, I said, okay, make a background for the main menu. Dude, she made the coolest castle, like, because that's the theme of the of the game. It's like a, a hangman in a renaissance or a medieval theme. So she made a castle with the trail and trees, all of that. And with a um, paper in the background, all that painted over a paper, old paper like that. Oh, it looks beautiful. I was like, oh my God, what I was doing. <laughs> this is perfect. Well, that actually goes talks to your point about like your, your goal was trying to, you want to do this to learn, learn about the process of getting a game out. And you might have ideas and I know you do have artistic aspirations. Do you want to work on that stuff more? But it's like you're at that point, you go, well what's the better use of my time? Cause that's not the goal is me to do all the art for this. It's to get a game done. And that, and then you realize when you give it out to other people that are good at that stuff, you're like, Oh God, that's better than I could have done. <laughs> that's what I, I when I with my game. I did the same thing. So yeah, exactly. You, sometimes 
if you have the opportunity to work with someone that is a designer and you're a developer, just do it. Because it doesn't matter how good you are, those are professionals. So they're going to make it better than you. So if you want to make your game great, do it that way. Or if you just want to make a game, you can do it yourself. But it's going to be faster and you will get better results. So, yeah, I, I work with Diana, not only Diana, but also Brent Morris. He made the uh, the character. So, uh, and it was kind of a funny story. It, it was different, not only like the the with Diana, but with Brent, because at the beginning I was like, okay, Brent, um, I want a cartoony character for the hangman. And he draw uh, a character like um, John Smith in, in Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be too cruel <laughs> to kill this guy, <laughs> to hang him. And uh, I said, okay, let, let's go and change that. Make it uh, like with a bigger head and something like um, SpongeBob, something like that. And eh, I didn't like the way it looked. It was too dumb. And then I said, okay, make it look like homeless guy, uh, skinny, but... Um, <laughs> That's not any better. <laughs> got dark. <laughs> That's so Nobody bad. will miss him. Exactly. <laughs> finish? Oh my God, these guys. But <laughs> like a funny character, but it's like, a, I don't know, a drunk guy that doesn't Like a vagabond. Have, yeah, something like that, but someone fun. And uh, he made the character that is already that is now in the game. Cool. I have I have a couple of questions actually. When you bring up like working with uh, other people like Deanna and Brent, and um, I think you were fortunate enough that you I think you work with them, so it's easy for you to find these people, find these people with these skill sets that are also in games. Uh, but anyway, my question is like, what? How do you like? How was design decisions made? I guess uh, when you're working with someone who or partnering with someone else on a game. Uh, especially with someone that's, I guess, has that skill set of design and, and artistry, I guess, and where you're doing more of the development and programming. Who makes who are who was making all of the like design and art decisions on the project? Was it still you, or were those decisions like split between you, or how, like how did that whole process go with actually working with someone to deliver something that also that you wanted and also that would, I guess, make the designer and artist? Yeah, that's happen? a that's a good question. Um, well. I had an idea, a really good idea of what I wanted. I I could picture the game in my head, but I've not really like execution wise. So I sketched um, what I wanted. So after I saw the the castle for the main menu, I was like, okay, I want something like this for every scene. So in every scene, you're gonna uh, see a different part of the castle. <clears throat> so. Uh, I was like, okay, what part would be cool with the with the different scenes that I have? So I said, for my challenges, I want like an armory. So I draw um, small shields and swords and all that uh, in one scene. Uh, for the um, results, I said, okay, let's do something like uh, the throne room uh, because you won. Uh, or you lost, and this is like the verdict. Um, in the in the yeah. settings, I I draw like shields and things like that. So I sketched the part that I wanted, um, and I said, okay, does this? Well, and you were there, Ovina. 
at the time you were working with us, okay. I showed you the the sketch of of my idea and if the um, connection between the scenes made sense. Actually, you corrected me in a in a couple of points, like having different buttons in different scenes and um, that type of stuff. So I presented my idea to them, um, and they say, "Okay, I like this," or we can do this with uh, like draw the armory with different swords and shields, things like that, and they added to my original idea. But, yeah, short answer, yes, I, I was leading the, the design of the of the game. Cool. And I, another, just a quick follow-up question to that, uh, I guess the evolution of the look of the game. Like, before, during the research process, I'm assuming you came up with, I guess, their target audience. I know you said you wanted to reach a, a large swath of people, but... As far as like age group goes, like I'm sure that did, or did that even play? I guess maybe that, it's more of a question, but did that play uh, a part in the design decisions? Like wh- go, whether you're going so cartoony or you, you're leaning towards more of a John Smith, like how much of uh, impact did you know your audience uh, during that research process take into a, account? I guess in the look of the game. Well, the look in the game, well, the audience. Uh, I didn't have in. Um, the audience in mind when I chose the look of the game, I just picked uh, that antique and medieval theme because I really like it, and cartoony because I, again I love it. So I, I was okay. I'm going to do this, and uh, I want to make a pretty 2D game that doesn't look like an app. And uh, my audience, I don't know. I just didn't have them in mind because for that type of game for me it can be played for everybody like it doesn't matter a bunch of people played um, Candy Crush and it looked like it's made for five years old so yeah uh, I have a question before we move on uh, so did you did you encounter any any points where I guess there were uh, you had like conflicts with your designers and uh, if so, like, how did you handle like the, the that conflict? Oh, good question, Zach. Yeah, actually, I did. Um, just like in the look of the game, the design part changed a lot. So before, I was going to make at the beginning, I was going to make the classic game um, with um, not even challenges. Just a bunch of words that you can guess, and uh, that's it. Like the normal hangman, it wasn't going to be original or anything like that. Then they um, told me about that to make it original, and um, by that time, I think I started reading The Art of Game Design uh, by Jesse Shell, which is going to be in the future episodes, so check it out. Um... And I read about the idea of making the game for regional, different, and all that. I was like, oh, okay, this idea that I have is, is not original at all. So I started making like a story behind the the character, and it was going to have personalities and all that. And when I and I want to make animations um, while you were hanging the the character. And I told I presented the idea to Diana, and she was like, no, 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 that's too much. That's not going to be quick. <laughs> um, and she gave me uh, the the idea of making, instead of having the story, just having different um, scenes and all that. 
again, this is we're going back and forth in the development process. This was before uh, the sketch of the game. Um, so, yeah, it was shocking for me at the beginning when she said, no, that's too much because I, I wanted to do it. But sometimes if if your team has a, a good reason or you're going to go out of scope, it's good to listen to your team. So it's not like, hey, it's a team. So you have to make decisions together. Cool. Yeah. Any other question? Cricket, cricket. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, let's go with the development process. Um, the challenges. Yes, I actually explained this to Avina, so we can skip that part and go to the boring part. Yes, the game, the translating the words uh, was super boring. I had to use the Pomodoro method a lot because um, at the beginning, I just started typing a bunch of words and I got um, a hundred, and I started translating them. I got a friend of mine that um, knows French to translate them to to French, and I got those those hundred words. Well, it wasn't enough. Just when I was testing the game, I passed through all the the hundred words. I was like, eh, yes, the people are going to <laughs> to get bored really quick. So I decided to increase the number of the words to a thousand. Oh man, it was a struggle. I was eager to go back to to code, but I had to finish the words. So, how did you how did you actually like create or implement your database of words? Did you automate it or did you just like hand pick it? Hand pick it. Oh wait wait oh, wait. Oh really? Wait, what are you talking? Like uh, uh, yeah, like you, when you're like argue um explain more your question. Oh, basically, so you said you, you had to add all the words to the game, right? So you have this pool of words that you want people to try to guess in Hangman, uh-huh. and it'll be translated from one language to another. So did you take, like, the, just, like, pick, did you pick, a th- like, say, a thousand words, or did you just go to, like, let's see the most commonly used nouns in English or Spanish, and pick the, like, thousand most commonly used, and then translate those? Oh, yeah. Like, no, 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 how you're... did you pick your data set, I guess? Gotcha. No, no. At the beginning, it was just random, uh, but then I, I looked into the most common words. Mm-hmm. And um, but then when uh, I, like found all, all of those and I started looking into like I guess categories animals or um what shapes anything right or on, yeah. part yeah computer science uh terminology things like that to make like categories per session so I have a thousand words but you don't have the thousand words in in memory all the time so I load them in in um how do you say that? Um, clusters? No, in chunks. Oh, just so, sort of chunks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, chunks. So you have around 50 in memory. And when you skip all those 50, then you're going to load uh, the other ones. Um, so when you say loading them, are you loading them? Like, are you pulling from uh, some external database or web address? Or, like, from, how are you getting new words? From the... There are settings. They are on in in um, the a file that I store in in 
the resources folder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, f- future thing for you for some dynamic uh, some dynamic content updates. Like Abina was saying, you uh, you could link that up to a web service, and then you could just have like a database of words that it hits, and you know you could load fifty at a time. And yeah, you know, granted, you don't want to sit there. Like it said, like you didn't like entering all those words in anyway. But if it ever came to it for like you know, future updates, that would be something you know you could do is just have it like live on the web, and then you could just drop in like a weekly word set even. So yeah, yeah actually, yeah, that's an awesome idea. I thought about that. Using a uh, parse, and then Facebook decided that they were gonna shut it down. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank you, Facebook." <laughs> when I was going, uh, getting used to to parse, you're gonna shut down, shut it down. Awesome. Yeah, but, I'm actually. Yeah, I was curious. Like, isn't there? I know there's. A, I'm not sure, like the legality of all this, but like actually just hitting, <laughs> hitting. Because I remember I ran into this issue when I were translating just a web page. Like, you can't really hit like Google Translate and just pop in words and then use that translation. Um, so I was wondering, like, if you could just, like, pull, you know, you know, just, like, scrub a, a web page or a web dictionary and then say, hey, give me these, give me the first 100 words and then translate those to Spanish and French via, like, Google Translate. Um, but, you know, and do, doing that dynamically or automated, automating that process. But, again, I, I'm not sure, like... Because I remember reading something on the Google page, so you can't just translate words and use them on your website or something like that. So I don't know if it would still apply in this case too. Probably will. So I don't know. Yeah, Why I think I think you were though? the one who told me about that. Yeah. So and since I know Spanish and and uh, English, I was like, okay, I'm going to translate them myself. And I, I know that you, Google He's translate bilingual. All right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and um, proud to be. American. I know that Google Translate. It's not perfect, mm-hmm. like many times. So yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that's not a problem." Cool. Then you Why can't have they... the this artisanal handpicked stamp on the your artisanal name. <laughs> artisanal <laughs> dictionary. Yeah. Farm to app. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Go ahead. Uh, why would uh, uh, Google Translate not allow you to use words in your website? Because it's not a service. They want you scraping it, probably. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not paying for it, and they don't have some kind of API payment plan for that, you know. Yeah. It was yeah that, and then they also was like, you know, come on, guys, this is like because there are translation are not, uh, they're not even like uh, what's the word? Sometimes they don't read well, like Eduardo was saying, it doesn't read like the actual language, so it's it's not even a, a good safe way to use it's as like translation. Conjugated or something. Well, just it, but just also there's a, like synonyms in English are like a billion, you know what I mean? And it could be a totally different context or meaning. Yeah, and our, our, there are words in English that they are two words in Spanish or vice versa. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah. So, yeah, all that. Also, you have to have in mind the accents because, you know, in Spanish we have the tilde that you don't have in English. And also in French they have eight or something like that um, characters um, within words that we don't have in Spanish or, or nor English. So, yeah, it's just to have to be careful with the words that you pick. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use different keyboards? It. Yeah, yeah, actually. I use um, a keyboard for English and French and another one for Spanish because in Spanish we have the ñ, which is uh, like completely new word. It's not like you have a character for a vowel, or no, no, is that, that's is that another the tilde letter. Or the little tick, I forget. That's the little tilde thing over. Oh, the, the tilde. N. N, yeah. oh, okay. 
Actually, quick like question about the development right. process, or just I guess yeah, just a wondering like what was the most challenging? Oh, I guess most challenging piece of uh, development. No, well, we talked. He talked about like um, yeah. Maybe no, did. no, no. That that's yeah. Good. Just like what was the hardest, the, the about cool, that, or maybe uh, the hardest or coolest thing that you you programmed for the game. Um, the hardest thing and the uh, most challenging, I think, was to make it to make the challenges adaptable. And it's the part that I'm most proud of uh, because I I think not. I think I love my solution. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because. Basically, the challenges I I made um, uh, a hierarchy where you have a challenge, which is um, like the basic hangman. You just press the word, the the letters, and if it's right, it's right. It, it validates it. Um, but then you have different uh, challenges. Like you have time. You have another one that has a shifted keyboard, so it needs some processing before it determines whether a letter is valid or not based on the offset if the keyboard shifted. So um, I created that hierarchy. I created, and uh, this is thanks to, to Zach. He, he gave me this idea of using a JSON file to store the information uh, for my challenges. So everything that I was going to need in my challenges, um, I put it in a JSON file. Then I translated those um, uh, objects in the in my JSON file, to classes that were part of that hierarchy, and that way, when you give to the scene that contains the challenges, um, those different um, scenes, it shows the the icon, and when you click on it, um, it will validate the, it will pass the 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 challenge that you're going to play in the in the game scene. To a session and it's going to validate everything um, behind scene. I I I love that um, adaptability of the game. And the other part that it was that was a little bit challenging um, was the integration of Google Play services. Um, bef- well, first the 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 login part was um, interestingly challenging because it's when when I have it at the beginning I was um logging the player every time you play. Well that's super annoying. <laughs> and I didn't know it. Actually I had to read their um good practices, Google um Google good practices for um Google Play Services integration. And one of the things that they say is okay when you start the game um logging the the client the player which is a, a really effective way to do it. It's actually uh, the most effective way. So they do it the first time and they forget about it. So, but, but if they don't log in the first time, don't ask them the second time they enter the game. So what you can do is have um, a button to connect in the settings. So that's what I did. Uh, another option that they have is showing it in the main menu, but with my layout, it didn't quite match it. So I said, okay, I'm going to put it in the settings. Um, and another option, I think, no, never mind. I forget the third option. So yeah, the login part was um, a learning process, but integrating 
uh, the achievements, leaderboard, and um, what was the other thing? The different type of achievements because you have achievements with progress and just another one that is when you, uh, I don't know, finish a first level or uh, the progress one would be, oh, you have to guess 50 words, things like that. And it it counts. Even if you don't have internet connection, it stores your progress in a, in a cache. And when you're online, it saves all that to, um, to Google Play. And actually how it works is you don't have to worry about the size of the of the file that is going to contain all that because it saves it in a, um, in a file in Google Drive in the player's account. So it's not in any of your server or anything like that. You don't have to have a server for that. Um, and the most challenging part was the cloud integration because what happens if, if you have different accounts and you override like the progress of one player with another one. It was uh, interesting. I had to read uh, the their documentation several times and watch a bunch of tutorials. Everything is in the uh, Google Play Services um, episode that we have. So you can check that out. Um, so that was the most challenging and interesting part of the development process. And the most boring one was adding the words. So in addition to that, we have the monetization. How did I pick the monetization strategy? Because, you know, you have paid games, um, games with in-app purchases, or games with advertisings. Um, I didn't want to go with paid uh, a paid game because it's not the same when you say uh, a friend, hey, could you check out my, uh, my game real quick? And I say, oh, I have to pay. There are always stingy people or people that don't want to to pay for a game. Um, so I said, let's make it free because this is the, the first one and I, I want to reach a more, uh, a larger audience. So I said, okay, not paid. Uh, in-app purchases, that's something that I could have integrated with the challenges and I think I will later on. But um, I had to figure out how to integrate it. So I say, okay, this is for the next update or another iteration. Um, so I went with advertisings. And um, specifically the reward videos advertisings because I wanted to keep my application clean. I didn't want to have those banners or um, images popping up with advertisings. No, no, I said, okay, if my player doesn't want to uh, watch any advertising, they can do it. So just in the case that they want to recover lives or uh, get an extra hint, um, I will give them the option to watch a, an ad. So that's what I went with advertising. And that's the only monetization strategy so far. Any question about that, guys? No, it's pretty straightforward. Like I've seen a lot of uh, apps going that way now. There's a few been playing recently. Like there's some people at work showed me. Like I think it's Bud Farm and like CSR Racing too, and they they do that, which I kind of like that. It's like okay, yeah, if if you want to sit through an ad, we'll you know we'll compensate you for it, but they don't just like throw it in your face every time. So I think it's kind of a nice like sort of a 
agreement or exchange between the player and the developer. It's like, you want more stuff? Yeah. Well, then watch this and I'll give you more stuff. Okay. So didn't cost you anything, but maybe 15 seconds. Yeah, I played a, a game recently. I think it's called Mars Mars on the iOS App Store. Um, but yeah, it's like it, it's kind of like that um, Crossy Roads uh, template. So you get to you, you go do your thing. So you're basically jumping from platform to platform, uh, and then every ten or so platforms, you get a chance to watch an ad for fifteen points or something like that. But at first, I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." It's kind of just like the Crossy Roads thing. But then, after uh, was it uh, about twenty of them? I'm like, "Okay, I've seen about six ads, and it just keep yeah. popping them up right in front of you." <laughs> you don't have like, to it, do it though. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's almost clever. like a like a compulsion. Like, okay, I, I have to do it. Well, that's your that's your own sickness. That's not. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I do have a sickness. Don't put that on them. I think they do a fun thing in that because they go, "We have a message from base or whatever," and it, <laughs> they're making the ad sound like it's some kind of transmission you're getting, which is kind of cute. It's but, like a corporate, yeah, uh, kind of. Yeah, drink your oval team, kids. Yeah, yeah advertising. I, I think it's a interesting decisions that and really um, thorough design decisions that you have to make with advertising because. Um, even if you have players that always speak to um, watch the advertising, it's not only that they watch it, it's how effective that um, advertising is, what determines how much you're going to make um, at the end of the month. So it's, I don't know, um, I was reading the advertising documentation in, in the Unity website, and uh, one of the things that they recommend is to have them, um, like, pretty randomly so not not only sh- and I use of course um uh, reward videos to not uh, to avoid annoying the the player so because that's what what's the name of that game um crossy road does you when you lose you not always watch the um, see the advertising button so maybe it's not random uh, but you don't always have the opportunity. So when the player sees the opportunity, he's more um he has. There are more probabilities that that player is gonna click on that button. So, yeah, those are the type of things that you have to have in mind. In in my case, I think I did it. When you win, uh, of course, when you lose all lives, you will see the the a pop up says, "Hey, what's an advertising to get um three lives?" Because I felt like one life is not enough. Like it, it happens to me with um, Angry Birds. I, I, I lost, I lose, and they say, "Hey, get one life." Okay, I get one life, and I lose a lot. Then again, <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, one life is not enough," and I gave um, three in the hangman. And also for uh, the hints. So when you lose three times and you press the hint button, it says, "Hey, it's too difficult." Uh, what's an advertising to get an extra hint? But Idiot. <laughs> that's um, uh, random as well. So it happens sometimes when you get three um, loses in a row or um, it couldn't. So that, that if is um, random. Okay, now we cover the monetization part. Now let's go to the uh, spreading strategy, propagation and dissemination of the game. So in that um, part, 
what I decided is, and I recommend this to you guys, um, make the game easy to share with your friends or um, everybody else. And you can do that through um, the Facebook SDK or you can use Google Play services. I decided to go with Google Play services because they not only offer like, a share, but also the leaderboard and the achievements. So I was like, okay, this is this is a good combination. I like this. Um, yeah, and you could probably also link your app on Facebook, right? You could probably, I mean, you could probably do some of your own razzle-dazzle for that. Yeah, well, yeah, you can have both, actually, um, because on Facebook, um, you can ask for resources or send resources to your friends that you cannot do that oh, yeah, in, there you in go. Google Play. Yeah, I was thinking about just like for marketing in general, though. It's like, yeah, you don't necessarily have to use like Facebook's APIs, but it is still a resource where it's like, you know, posting in groups and, you know, to friends and on feeds and stuff like that. You can sort of propagate it. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's also available with Google Play because when you click in the share button, it shows you the, um, what is it? It's like the menu um, in Android. I don't know in, in um, how it looks in iOS. At least in Android, it shows you a menu where you can share it through Twitter, um, Instagram, or an email, or Facebook, whatever you want. So... I was like, okay, that's what I want. And it's not only Facebook. I love it. Um, and you actually see uh, when you select, for example, if you select Facebook, um, an image for the game, which is going to be, uh, it's basically the link to the game in Google Play. And they can say, they can post whatever they want. And um, when their friends see that, in see the link in their um Facebook wall, they will go straight to the to Google Play to download the game. So that's that was my strategy to um, disseminate the game, but to actually increase my ranking in Google Play, I also added uh, a rate button. It's actually a pop up that shows up when uh, after you win, uh, after you get fifty words. Um. Yeah, every fifty words that you guess, uh, that message is going to pop up. Of course, it's uh, going to be a little bit annoying if you already um like rated the game and made a, a review. But if someone just um decided to skip that part, they will see it see it again. And statistically, uh, it has been proven that. When you show something to the second time to a, a person, there are more probabilities that they uh, go and do whatever you want uh, or you're asking in that message than if you just show it one time. So I just decided to go with the decision, with the um, design decision, yes. Coming at the end of this whole process, you're about to launch this. Well, as we record this, you're about to launch this. If they're listening to this, it's out, so they should go download it immediately if you're on Android, right? <laughs> but um, go now. And stop. If, and if you don't, go buy an Android and download it. Yeah. Go to Best Buy, pick up the, the demo models, and download the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but because, I mean, later on we can check in and do postmortems of how it's done and how, you know, any kind of tactics you use for marketing and how those did. But just at the end of this development process of the conception, the research, all these things, 
what is the biggest lesson you've learned? What is the biggest thing you wish you had known when you started at the end of, you know, at the beginning of this development process? Um, that's a tough question, but I'm going to say that the biggest lesson was to be adaptable. Your game is not going to be what you thought at the beginning. It always changes through iterations and you have new ideas. Your team comes up with different ideas for the game that um, are going to be better or not. It depends on how you look at it. So you always have to be open to listen to your team and adapt to any problem that um, comes up along the way. So the biggest lesson was to be adaptable to the changes of my game. Right on. Well said. Well, <clears throat> good luck, Eduardo. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> so you're going to find an Android before, device. <laughs> <laughs> before we go to the rapid fire roundup, um, I just want to say to our our listeners, please go and download The Hangman in Google Play. If you have an iOS device, uh, at least go to... No. Um, <laughs> for, now, for now. I would have watched your ads. Yeah. Go to... Um, Go to the I'm going to put it. I'm going to put out. it. Yeah, I was going to say the debug log. I'm going to put it in the debug log um, Facebook page as well. But you can go to Fusion Game Studios Facebook page, and um, it's going to be available there. And uh, also watch the ads and click on them. <laughs> yeah. So it will really help me um, if if you download the game, review it, uh, or just share it with your friends. So thank you very much in advance. Cool, congrats, Eduardo. Yeah, thank awesome. you, my friend. <laughs> All right, we're back for Rapid Fire Roundup, but today we're going to combine our Game of the Week and Rapid Fire Roundup because... Frankly, all the stories that there are out there are about one game, and we mentioned it last week coming out, but it's No Man's Sky, and three of us have had a chance to sit down. I've had about six or seven hours. Ryan's, I played about 20. I, uh, I'm actually closer to 30 now, I just checked, so I'm about 27 Yeah, hours. he does it every day at work, so I'm just like, eh. <laughs> He's yeah, not playing it. Fired, it's fine. Yeah. Zach's had it for forty-eight hours, and he's played twenty-four hours of it in that forty-eight hours. I, I have, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm, uh, anyway. Yeah, so, it's crack. It's and so crack. We, we want to talk about because I guess this is another thing we're going to check in in the future because it really feels like this is a kind of an ongoing game, like Minecraft or Rust or any of those things. And there's just been so many articles and so many opinions and so many different ideas about what this game is and strategy guides and all this stuff. So I thought we'd check in and after. I mean, what a, what you guys have played, what a normal RPG would be, you'd be done with it at this point. So what do you guys think at this point of the game? Well, in this point in the game, um, I feel like you've seen sort of the bedrock or what, what the game is absolutely, especially, you know, after I said I'm almost 30 hours in. But um, And there's a lot of cool tech here. There's a lot of cool things in the like for generating these worlds, like, you know, creating these resources, harvesting them, you know, upgrading your ship, you know, ha- actually learning alien languages um and i'm a big explorer in games so this is like suiting me to a t but i could see you know why it's a polarizing thing because then you know some people were thinking this is going to be like a multiplayer space exploration i don't know maybe skyrim level experience and you know 
to, to Hello Games credit, they never really said that. You know, um, I think they could have maybe denied some more things you know, openly than they did. But at the same time, this isn't what it is. It's like, you know, it is a procedurally generated universe that you're just exploring. And that exploration is iterative to just get better and better stuff to, you know, move further into this galaxy and find its center. And I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think, Zach? Um, I, I, just about the same. I wish they would have would have denied a few more things because I feel like some people had uh, uh, different expectations for what was uh, going to be delivered. Um, personally, I think they they exceeded my expectations for what was going to be delivered because when they said, "Oh, it's going to be," you know, whatever a quintillion planets, I'm like, "Oh, that's bullshit." But I mean, they did what eighteen quintillion planets? So that's what uh, a million to the power of five times eighteen. Like, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, eighteen quintillion. Did, yeah. did you do research? Like, I don't know. I don't know how many zeros are in my mind. <laughs> like, there's a lot. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a massive game, and the sheer fact that there's not uh, as much content as people are expecting is I almost expect it because for something to be this massively populated with stuff, like the, it's just so much space to put content into. So, yeah. I'm curious, I mean, why would they um, choose to make so many planets? One million is a lot. Well, yeah, well this I, way, statistically, nobody will ever explore them all. Ed, yeah, Eduardo, I think it's it's also about exploration and sort of your own experience. This way they can sort of like, and I think this was their intent, was like, you know, drop players in and be in a world where they could potentially run across another player's planet and say like, oh, hey, here's, you know, the debug log system and here's all these guys' planets, you know, or, but at the same time, you can still like find a system that's been undiscovered and you get to name it and potentially other people can see it. And the only way to really guarantee that and seeding all that is to like, I guess, create this, you know, procedurally create this just like vast system of, uh, you know, of planets and uh, well, so I guess galaxies or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, and th- and that's what. So I mean, because I played not as much as you guys did, but it like it actually it blew me away at first. Because the problem with this game is like why everybody across some people across the board disappointed is because they never promised anything. What they promised is possibility, and apparently mm-hmm. it turns out when you do that, <laughs> people think of a lot of different things that it could be. Yeah. You know, they thought it could be a story game, or and I was actually surprised because I thought it would be way more almost like a picture taking game or something, you know. And it actually has way more systems and stuff than I thought it did. It has all the collection and and it has it has way more like it has actual. I didn't think it's gonna have. I thought it was gonna have zero story, but it has all these alien races and languages and stories. And I think the I think I'm on the second layer of that. I really love it. I thought it was great. I play. I, it's a game I can play with Alex. I played it with my daughter this weekend. We were playing, and she was naming stuff. It's like name that planet Bacon. I was like, okay, it's named Bacon now. I guess that's <laughs> best what it is. planet ever. <laughs> so it's it's a fun experience and just tooling around and doing. And I lo- I think it's like it's actually kind of mind blowing for what it is and what it does. And like Zach said, it's like some of the stuff that are the surprises also to me foster some of the disappointment. Not for the game. I think they're going to add to it, and it's going to be a different game six months from now. It's going to be so. I don't. I'm, this is not even a criticism. I'm like, well, I'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited about it because it's an ongoing game. But the fact that they added a little bit of story makes me feel like, oh, cool. We could have story in this. We could have, you know, we could have more shooting and more like a trading, and I could build a base. And 
It, it starts yeah. to, because they start inkling in different directions. They've stubbed out functionality. It's almost like we thought Destiny was going to be, but that, it ended up they just screwed it up. With this, it's like, no, we've actually have stubbed out stuff, and we're going to add that. And they even said that they're going to. It's all free DLC. They're going to add in the future. So while that sounds like a criticism, I don't think it's a criticism. I just think, well, it doesn't have some stuff. But the well, game was I so cool that it actually made me want more in a way. You know, like, oh, neat. I, I, right. Could also it's do not that. a criticism. It's a want. It's like they've right. planted a seed there. They've created an infrastructure. And I think, you know, a lot of the, say, and this is my opinion, but the negative reviews, like, some of them is just like, the, like we've been saying, the imagination and the want for more, like seeing what this could be, like what what you know, if they actually got synchronous multiplayer and my friends, we could fly to a planet and build a station, and it's like a legit huge universe you're flying around in. It's like you know, Mike, you know, Minecraft with an exponent on it. You know, it's, well, that would be cool. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's all like, that stuff would be neat. Yeah, it would be totally cool. But I mean, give them the credit that they they created these like really like these systems where also from what i've been reading is like there's a lot of things going on under the hood people will just never realize like you know how it's actually populating these planets how it's even like maybe saying adjusting the prices for you to move throughout the game like what are your resources right now and you know actually having you know how the game presents you with like new resources on a planet or charging you for a ship being impacted by sort of where you are in your progression of the game. And I think there's just a lot of smart tech there that, you know, yeah. if they get to these downloads over time, I think be patient and they're, and, and these guys seem like they've got the zeal to do it. You know, they, right. could, you know, give them like another year and they'll incrementally all of a sudden, you know, look from day one to a year later and you're like, holy shit, look at that. And that's the point too, is because people usually, when we have a destiny or you have, what's another game that have a lot of content? I don't know. Like any of these games where it gets promised a bunch of things, we always say destiny, but, yeah. but they've been burned by that. Of, of, of a game coming out and being buggy and being not a lot of stuff. And this has been by these corporations who really didn't have intent to do, put stuff in there. And this is what they're selling you. And they're like, oh, these guys is like, I was talking to Zach about this today. I was like, they, they put, I, you really get the impression they put everything they possibly could in this amount of, cause it has more stuff than I thought was possible that they could do in there. Like all these different systems and all this stuff. So it's like, to me, it's like, it's not even the, What's it's lacking is like to more. I'm more excited about the fact that they actually started going down these different roads. Like, oh, cool. I'm like you said, in a year, this is going to be completely different. It's going to be like a Minecraft level kind of thing. Yeah. And you you say that, but like uh, when they, when they started, uh, I I watched a video about it today, but when they started making this, they were building it off like a 32 bit uh, random seed system. And so, like online, people were saying they, they wanted to go bigger, but people were saying, oh, well, it's not really possible. So they took that dare and just went all out on it, right? So now with all this criticism coming their way, I bet you they're going to take that and just be like, all right, fine. You guys are criticizing us. We're just going to go and do it better. Yeah. <laughs> and Minecraft, what, is like eight years ago or something it came out? And now it's the game yeah. it is. It wasn't the same game when it came out. And people reviewed it back then. They're like, it's blocks or something. There's nothing yeah. in this. And now it's crazy, you know, computer circuits and stuff you can build in that. So I'm interested See where they go. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the future of it. And again, yeah, it's going to be polarizing. And some people have asked me, like, hey, should you get it? I'm like, do you really like exploring? Because if you're a big explorer, yes. If you're expecting some, like, Skyrim experience, don't, don't, you're just going to be pissed off. So yeah, it's, a, it's a chill game. I love the music. I love all yeah. the stuff. It's awesome. Actually, right. that's a good point. Yeah, I, uh, 
like just watch it, like play it and watch Netflix. It's it's that kind of thing. Or you can you listen know, to the debug do... log while you're playing No Man's Sky. That guy. too, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. Obina, you want to talk about the debug lounge? Oh sure. Since I didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, you're yeah, here. Um, Wake up. <laughs> seriously, uh, the debug lounge is our uh, uh, brand new. Well. Okay, it's not new anymore. It's been going on for about a month and a couple weeks now. Uh, but yeah, it's our show, our YouTube series that uh, basically chronicles the journey of a developer, just like you, Unity developer, game maker developer, Unreal developer, all sorts of game developers, um, and not only programmers, you know, artists, uh, sound designers, etc. Uh, but yeah, we're just sitting down with them for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops. Uh, just to get their take on you know the development process and and their the game industry and just whatever they're excited about to talk about as far as games go, um, so yeah. And if you want to get in on the action, uh, you should definitely join our Facebook group, which is also called the Debug Lounge. Uh, you can either just go to our go to Facebook and type in the Debug Lounge, and we will send you an invite. It is a private group; it is exclusive, so. You can't just, we don't let any riffraff in there. So anyway, um, outside of that, you can also go to our website, which is thedebuglog.com and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we'll also send you a, a invite to our Debug Lounge Facebook group that way too. So definitely get in on that action. We are looking and excited to talk to more developers. Yeah, we got a couple scheduled this weekend, so it'll be fun. Yes. And before we go to and I mention our Patreon page, if you want to, if you like the show, you like what we're doing here, you like what we're, I don't know. You know <laughs> what we're putting yeah, down. Yeah, I was, about, I was trying to get those words and they didn't come out. <laughs> you got me. You're synced in, Ryan. Like, uh, yeah, go to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash the debug log and you can uh, support us there. Right now, we only have a dollar a month thing and it's just, you get to be cool if you do a dollar. We've had two or three people actually respond. We actually had somebody even go higher than that to five dollars, even though there's no reward system. So we can't, we appreciate that greatly. So we're gonna put that in again. We're planning some cool uh, different tiers for that stuff. Fun stuff we could do like game nights and other Google Hangouts, all sorts of fun things. So check that out, and we will we love you forever. We'll dance at your wedding or whatever. So yes. yeah, if you want to, if you want us to, yeah, you can leave your friends behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, so actually, uh, I don't know if this this is probably too long, but I just was reading uh, another one of our like you were talking about the five dollar and oh yeah the other uh, gifts that we've gotten on Patreon. But there's one uh, review that this guy wrote, uh, Lornberg Hansen. I don't think I'll read it because it's super long, but I just want to send a <coughs> specific shout out to Lornberg. Uh, thank you for that awesome review on uh, Patreon. So everyone get become a patron. It's going to help us out and. We're going to keep giving you great content and, you know, we just want to connect with our community anyway. So it's always a good thing. Yeah. It'll be a party central soon. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> oh, too funny. Cool. So. Well, until the next to, episode, if you, um, to, you can contact yeah. me on Twitter in Edward at Eduardo CF 1989. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E. I'm at O Beans, that's O with an H, Beans with a Z. Zach, you have a Twitter now. I know, it's but you, you said you were keeping your Twitter order. He last did, time. right. Yeah, it's unrecorded. <laughs> oh, oh, snap. Wow. Zach was listening. Annuity win. All right. All right. <laughs> nice. So I'm at R E Kilgore, K I L L G O R E. And I am at Wookie Jumper 42, W O O K I E E Jumper 42.
brother. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can call me. <laughs> you little sacrilegious. Anyway. Alright, we'll <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Guys. Bye. Bye. I need to do. I haven't done any post. debug log theme things. Should be doing that all the time. You're right. Because there, right. like, there are like purple planets and stuff. So I find I should just, <laughs> there was an entire purple right. galaxy. Or purple uh, The next right. system I get. The next system I go to, I'm gonna try to find at least like four planets and then name them after you guys. Or gonna do it five planets and the system is called the debug log and then we're all. No, the I, yeah. <laughs> that's true. There you go.